Well, welcome everybody to a quick take here on Leave It a Ring with your host, Dave Duenius. Um, it's late. And you know what? Um, now that I'm not banned, <laughs> I thought I'd make uh, a comeback on the quick take here on the, the Leave It a Ring channel. Um, I'm having my little cafecito right now to keep me up. Uh, I got to get to bed as soon as we're done here. If you're in the chat room, ¿Qué pasó, Jesús? Uh, thank you, brother, for coming on, coming through. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to have our regular program tomorrow at 4 p.m., uh, the Leaving the Ring uh, flagship show with myself and my co-host, uh, Amilcar. A-Rod, ¿qué pasó? Um, but, you know, Demetrius Andrade, or Andre, however you want to call him, Andre, respectively, I think that's what we should call him, his last name, uh, he had his win over uh, Liam Williams, and, uh, you know, um, you know, I mean, look, had a great performance, and, you know, he, he said something, you know, after saying, like, hey, why do I need to chase these other guys? Like, why do I got to do this? Why do I have to, you know, go after them? They should want to go after me. I got a title. Yeah, you look at that title as whether or not it's like one of the significance. Um, no, not really. But I'm pretty sure he had his, um, I mean, his response was hilarious, right? Which was, gotta do it. Sounded pretty possessed there when he said that, but <laughs> it, it, everything that he said, I can kind of crunch it up, which is like, look, come on, man. I mean, there are other guys in this division. I'm fighting guys that I shouldn't fight. Didn't put it in those kind of words, but it's it's kind of in the same breath of what Connor Ben had said to Eddie Hearn. Like, come on, give me some real tests. Give me the guys, okay? You know, I mean, however you want to put a style, is it difficult? Um, is it going to give people problems? I put out on Twitter on Saturday afternoon when the fight was happening, after the fight, it was during even during the fight, um, <clears throat> I said that, you know what? You know, Demetrius may not beat Canelo Alvarez, but there's one thing for sure, is he's going to frustrate him, you know? And if he frustrates him, he gets in his head, you know, there's a strong possibility that he's going to take Canelo out of his game plan. It could be a very difficult night for Canelo. You know, we haven't seen Canelo fight a pure boxer, mover in, in quite some time. You know, so that is definitely a fight that I want to I wanna watch, okay? But that's not the whole reason why I came on to do quick takes here on uh, tonight, especially tonight at 10 p.m. here in, uh, well, it's almost close to 10 p.m. here in uh, Northern California and stuff. Um, and uh, what's up, Troy? Yeah, yo, how you doing, guys? Um <clears throat> You know, and Jesus here put, you know, Andrade is just hard to watch, you know, and I, I don't think anybody would argue with you on that, but um, I thought that it was really entertaining, to tell you the truth. I thought that, you know, um, what the kid was trying to do uh, was trying to get him out of there, but not over risk, him, not put himself at, at too much of a risk, right? And, and uh, let me pause this thing here so that it doesn't keep going. Okay, but <clears throat> not put himself too much in a risk. Okay, I thought he was making sure that he he got himself in the position. If he could get the KO, great. If he couldn't, 
so be it. But he still was looking to get that win, you know. And um, and uh, um, so going away from that, whether you like his style, whether way you like his fight. Me personally, I do like his style. Actually, I actually do like his fights. You know, um, he's kind of like that Rigo, uh, Rigo-ish, in in my opinion. Where you're either gonna love him or you're gonna hate him. Um, you know, the only thing is he doesn't have. He's got power. He's got decent power to keep you humble. He doesn't have that power that's gonna give. That's gonna make shockwaves through your whole body the way like Rigandau does. Okay, you know. But he he made. Uh, Williams rethink what he needed to do, even though uh, the commentators were praising him about going forward. Uh, but in all honesty, we don't give we don't give you know trophies for that, right? I mean, that's what I've been told many many times, right? You know, um, especially from fans, like, oh, why are we giving this guy uh, a praise for effort when he didn't really do anything except just come forward and take a lot of shots, right? But again, I'm not on here to talk about Demetrius Andrade on. Andre, you know, uh, I'm here to talk about Gennady Golovkin, okay, because when they were bringing up, especially Eddie Hearn, when he was bringing up um, Triple G, who is with the zone, who signed a deal with the zone, I don't know about you guys, but I really got that feeling that he's retired. Like, how many of you really think about Gennady Golovkin right now? I mean, he fought in December in 2020. Right before the shutdown, which was in March with the pandemic, and I understand that the pandemic put a halt to everything, but there's really been no reports. There's no, there's nothing that I've seen of heard come from Tom, Tom Lawfer. Um, I don't see hashtag all the bouts. I don't see hashtag Mexican style. I don't see hashtag Gennady Golovkin. I don't see anything from Triple G at the moment, you know, and you know, anytime you do surf the internet, you you get the random defenders of Gennady Golovkin, not worrying about what's what he should do next, but more worried solely about what happened with him and Canelo Alvarez. And I wonder, is he forever going to be in that shadow? Or could he break out of that shadow and kind of show that he is an individual in the middleweight that had a lot of promising. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of promise, and, and he really did look like a whirlwind when he came to the middleweight division. When he left the amateur division and he burst into the pro rankings, I mean, uh, I was covering him. I interviewed him very early on before anybody knew about him. Abel Sanchez and himself was on the show, and they were calling everybody out from Pacquiao all the way up from Andre Ward. You know, and Nobody really didn't want to take notice of the kid. It really didn't start to shine for him when he tell me got on HBO. And I don't blame him. I know there's a lot of folks that don't like him for using the Mexican, you know, Mexican style. Um, you know, like you kind of costume that up because I think any fighter that's not from the regions of America, which is either Mexico or the United States, or even like the UK who get really behind their fighters, they need to do something to attach themselves to someone else. You know, it's not just with like countries, but we see young fighters attaching themselves to older fighters, calling out the old dogs, you know, to pass the guard, 
So I don't blame Gennady Golovkin for riding that wagon, you know, and I don't blame anything else. But what I do blame him is that he literally put his own career at a halt after not getting that third fight with, with Canelo Alvarez. And I sit back and I look at this division. I mean, you got Jaime Morguia. You got uh, 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 Sergey Domachenko, who gave him a really tough fight. Would love to see a rematch. You got Jamal Charlo. You got Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, Marada. You got Andrade, who just fought this Saturday. We were just talking about him a little bit early, uh, earlier. Um, and I'm sitting there and going, like, these are all the names right now in this middleweight lineup that he could literally face and fight. But, you know, what's up, G-Funk? <clears throat> you know, that could literally, uh, could literally shake the boxing community and, and kind of remember why, why we appreciated Gennady Golovkin. Because, you know, me personally, I'm a boxing fan. I'm not, I've never been, well, I can't say never been. I've, I have been, okay, I, where I love a fighter. Like Salvador Sanchez was just, man, Salvador Sanchez is everything, you know, uh, to me. Um, Marvinus Marvin Hagler, rest in peace, was everything to me. Those were guys I looked up to. Those were guys that I was like, that's the reason why I fell in love with, this, in, in, with the sport. Uh, it was the reason why my, my, my grandfather, my uncle, uh, fell in love with the sport and he decided to, put me in the front yard and fight other neighborhood kids, you know, uh, called King of the Hill, King of the Block, actually, and then send me off to, uh, you know, uh, to a, a local boxing gym in San Jose, California, where I'm born and where I was raised at, you know. Um, you know, so, but going back with Triple G, you know, I appreciate when he came out because he was fighting the guys, you know. Well, he wasn't fighting the guys because a lot of guys wouldn't face him yet because there was really no money to back him yet. You know, I know like some folks were like, well, what about Sergio Martinez? He ducked him. Eh, no, because Sergio Martinez actually did all the lay work to get where he was at. Okay, this was a guy that didn't even belong in the middleweight division. So it was really up to Triple G to corner anybody. You know, now that's a completely different uh, debate. You could obviously say, oh, no, that's BS, blah, blah. But if you look at the facts, you look at everything, the timing was not there. And timing is everything in boxing. Okay. <clears throat> that's why he, he, you know, Gennady Golovkin had to attach his name to somebody. He tried it with Floyd Mayweather. He tried it with Pacquiao. He did it with Cotto. He did it with uh, uh, Sergio Martinez. And even with Cotto, when I had Abel Sanchez, you know, he corrected me when I was like, why are you chasing Miguel Cotto? You know, and he said, we're not chasing Miguel Cotto. We're chasing the belt. But that quickly changed when a cash cow, a young cash cow that wasn't even in the middleweight division, Saul Canelo Alvarez, got, the, got, got finally, you know, baptized as this is going to be the, the new pay-per-view star. Okay, because you already saw that Pacquiao was on his way out and Floyd was on his way out. They're both, you know, well, uh, you know, Manny was thinking of, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, Floyd was thinking of retirement. Manny really wasn't, you know, but certainly there was really no ever no talks of, of Pacquiao doing anything else. You know, it was just going to take whatever he could, which turns out to be still a very great career, right? I mean, we're still talking about Manny Pacquiao. But, you know, I remember when... <clears throat> The fight was always being talked about. The chase was on for Gennady Golovkin. And I remember me saying specifically on my show numerous times was that what fight, what does that fight do for you? You know, 
Remember this, Sergio Martinez had to, you know, he had to fight Kelly Pavlik. He had to fight De uh, Paul Williams. And even at a catch weight, even though he was a champion, he chased an actual middleweight, which was Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. You know, unfortunately with, with Triple G, he kind of walked into a division that was slowly dying away. And it was really up to him to find somebody. So I don't blame him for finding a big name, which was Canelo Alvarez. But now if you look at the division, I'll mention the, games, the names again. Morgia, Dermachenko, Charlo, Eubank, Marada, Andre. This is a pretty, pretty stacked middleweight division. You know, I did a quick take video about Canelo. If there's any reason why he would not, he didn't like decide to go back and try to unify the middleweight. I think those list of names kind of show you that the 168 division is a lot softer than the middleweight division. The middleweight division really has got pretty much a little bit of everything in that division. You know, I'll read some of the comments right now. Let me just finish my, off the top of my head of what I got, you know. So <clears throat> this is the list that I would like to see for Gennady Golovkin, really for him to come back. I don't know if he's retired. I don't know what really is the thought process with the team. I don't know it's whether it's Tom Lawford and Eddie Hearn, they're not agreeing, or is it really Triple G? Is he at a depression stage of his, of his career right now? Uh, is he relaxing? Is he enjoying the life? What, what, what is it he's doing? We're not sure. You know, I wouldn't criticize a man if he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the fruits that I made for myself. I'm going to take a step back from the sport. Then I'll come back. But age, is a age doesn't wait for you. And he's no spring chicken, right? And he has shown signs of wear and tear. He slowed down a bit, you know? He was, he was bulldozing through a lot of guys, but a lot of guys weren't in this weight class. They were in lower... Weight classes jumping up, okay? You know, which has always been a big criticism for any fighter. Canelo was notorious for doing it, you know? Um, Pacquiao, which Freddie Roach one time was upset because he's like, oh, they're calling us the catchweight king, which he was. Floyd Mayweather's done it. Everybody has done it sometime or another in the sport. So I can't blame Gennady Golovkin. He doesn't pick the opponents. It's his manager's team that does it because they're trying to direct him in a direction, which was that direction was... Canelo Alvarez, but he's gone. Canelo Alvarez has moved on. The breakup, he's the actual breaker. He broke up with them and he was saying like, hey, I'm done. You know, I want to move on. It's not you. It's me. That's pretty much what he did to you, Triple G. But for some reason or another, Triple G and his fans continue to stand out there with the radio playing slow jams, asking for Canelo to come back. It's like, they're almost like the Wilder fans. They don't want to see that there's other opponents in the division that could actually make a demand. If you get in there and you fought the guys that were in your division, clean it out, then it would actually force the other guy that you're chasing to re rethink his strategy again and go like, you know what, this guy's not going away. So if Gennady Golovkin, in my opinion... If he doesn't want to see his career shadowed by Canelo Alvarez, the Mexican star, you know, I, I would I would think right now his team is saying, let's get Andre, Demetrius Andre. Let's get him now. Okay. He's, you know, he, he tends to stop in his tracks to land a big shot. He ducks 
down, his eyes hit the canvas rather than staring at his opponent. That's a cardinal rule you don't do in boxing is get your eyes off your opponent. You know, you had to see the punches coming. And Andre tends to slow down in those mid-rounds. Think about that, okay? He tends to, like, back up and not do the same output. It's after, like, the 10th and left, he gets another, you know, boost in that gas tank that he starts to output punches, right? So if I was Triple G, and because... The truth is, what Eddie Hearn said, that this is the most devoted guy in the middleweight division, there's no denying that. I don't think anybody wants to face Andrade. He's not the easiest picking. If he was, everybody would be knocking on that kid's door. Everybody would be knocking on that guy's door. And whether you like his style or not, doesn't matter, right? Because even though, you, even though the fans don't think much of him, obviously... The compadres in that division think a lot about him. And they see something, they know something about that kid. But if, like I said, if, if, if Triple G wanted to put a stain on whatever Canelo short visit the middleweight division, Andre would be the first pick in my opinion, okay? Doesn't go for that guy, Charlo. Charlo's 160. Charlo's actually calling out the bigger guys in the 168 division because he wants Canelo Alvarez. He's calling out, uh, you know, David Benavides. Why not step on that, you know, on that bullshit talk and say, hey, I'm actually the hardest puncher in the middleweight division. You are making that claim too. So let's find out who punches harder or who could take a punch. That's another fight. In my opinion, it's in the right direction of, you know, stepping out of that shadow that he's, for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, but where he's always going to be remembered for, which is getting a draw with Canelo, which rightfully should have won, and losing that second fight, which it's you can argue a case of whether or not you thought he won the fight or he lost that fight. But why, why end your career with that? With the ifs? Andre? Charlo. Next one would be me. For me, I, I would... I would say Sergey Dermanchenko. He almost had you out of there. Excuse me. The ref kind of saved you. You know, when I see fans go like the ref saved him from getting dropped. The ref saved Triple G from getting knocked out from Dermanchenko. Okay. Who, you know, the guy's there to fight. He's like a little energy bunny, right? He just keeps coming and coming and coming. And he's got a good style. He's got a perfect style. Styles make fights. Remember that. He's got a perfect style to fight Triple G. Whether or not Triple G didn't take him seriously, which I don't believe. I see a lot of his fans go like, oh, he didn't take him serious. That's why he got rocked. That's why the fight was a lot tougher. I don't believe that. And if that was the case, let's run it back and let's see it again. Let's see whether or not you guys were right. If he could not knock out Dermachenko, or just beat him so convincingly, beat him worse than, you know, beat him in a better fashion than what Danny Jacobs did, what, what Charlo did, that already makes a case that, you know what, he's not old, you know what, there's still some life in this guy, and that's why I want to see the third fight with Canelo Alvarez, that to me would sell a ticket, if he could kind of redeem him, even though he got that win, I still would want to see him redeem himself, why not? Why, why can't we see that? Why, why, can't, why can't certain fights that were unsure, certain fights that were close, certain fights that you saw a step back in your fighter, why is it such, 
Why is it, why is it such a, a, a bad thing to see them go at it one more time? You know, to own that right. Some of you are going to be saying right now, listening and, 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 and tuning in, going like, well, why doesn't Canelo give him that third fight? Because they did it twice. They did it twice. So why why not? What's up, D-Style? Let me say what's up to some folks here in the chat room. And I'll go back to my fourth pick, who I think would be a great move for him. Okay? A-Rod. Tony Yayo. Yes, this is live. <laughs> um, we got G-Funky up in here. Que paso? How you doing, brothers? Damn, you guys are up late. Dwayne, eh? what's up, bro? How you doing? You know? And Dwayne says, look. Charlo's been wanting that uh, Triple G fight since the Abel Sanchez days. Yeah. He has. He did call him. But it doesn't seem like Gennady Golovkin wants him, though. You know? Dwayne says, Dave, are you from San Jose? I'm at work in the Valley Medical. Yeah, brother, from off of Baskin. Yeah, I was born and raised in downtown San Jose. Went to Horseman when Horseman was there. You know, uh, went to Peter Burnett for a little bit. And went to, then I had to go move. I had to uh, transfer to Sivendale. Uh, I went to Andrew Hill for a short bit. Then I went to Lincoln. Then Gunderson, Leland, Pioneer. Uh, what else? Oh, so many of them. You know, uh, let's say, uh, who else is in here, man? I know we got D-Style up in here. Chicano Profit, que paso, vato? Que onda, man? Anyways, thanks again for everybody joining me, okay? So going back. Now, worldly. If he's looking for a big payday, if he's looking to get, like, look, he showed that he's willing to go to the UK. When he felt Cal, Cal Brook, he went down there. It was a big event. Chris Eubank Jr., he's still around, right? He's a valuable opponent, in my opinion. He's a guy that, to me, would make a big payday for him, a big event. I think a lot of, even though Triple G, in my opinion, now has a lot of UK fans, the the Brits would come out for for Chris Eubank Jr. I, I think they would. I think that would be a big event. Now, pandemic-wise, are we looking at, you know, people, you know, of course, the stadiums, etc. If that's one of the big cases, then I completely agree, you know? But why no talks about it? Why no talks about Gennady Golovkin? Why are there no talks on, on their part? Of saying like, hey, we would want, you know, Eubank and, and Murata, the Japanese fighter. We'd fight them in their hometown. We'll go over there, but we can't. Pandemic. We want to sell tickets. We want to fill up a stadium. Right? That I, I could understand. You know? But I think here in the States, Jaime Morguilla, Mexican fighter, come forward, tailor made for him. You know, a lot of people have big hopes for him. I just heard of Otto the other day telling me he's the next big thing. And I was like, oh, shit, have you watched the kid? But anyways, that's another story, right? But that's a winnable fight for him there. I'm not entirely sure that Golden Boy won't want to, you know, feed him that, that go, go that route. Not feed him, but go that route, even though they, they have talked about it. They have said, hey, we would want that fight. They didn't want it in the beginning. Remember, you know, Jaime Morquilla's name was brought up in the commission back when, you know, uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez tested positive for clenbuterol, not steroids, folks. Remember, there's two different things. Clenbuterol is completely different from steroids. But 
Jaime Morguilla's name was brought into the roster of names and the commission turned it down. But they accepted Vans Monterosian. That's what they accepted. And I, we had, you know, Jaime Morguilla's manager at the time on the show and he was like, look, we would have took the fight, you know. Uh, but in reality, it's better we wait. Because the longer we wait, the bigger it becomes, the more money we can generate and get. Smart move. I understand that move. But right now is the time. Right now, I'm wondering, what is Triple G thinking? Is he retired? I I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if he's retired. I'm not quite sure if he's, if he, if he's back. I'm not quite sure. Uh, is he going to move up? Is he? What, what's going on? I'm not entirely sure. But I can tell you what, the list of names I just mentioned right now, Jaime Morguilla, Sergey Dervinchenko, Jamal Charlo, Chris Eubank Jr., Marada, Andre, these are very suitable names to move forward, move on, where fans could forget what happened between him and Canelo Alvarez, in my opinion. You know, if he wants to erase history, well, you got to make a new set, a new era. And this is the perfect time. Perfect time, in my opinion. <laughs> Mr. Boxing Guru, what's up, brother? <laughs> Thanks for joining in, man. I had your shirt on the other day, man. Everybody was asking, where'd you get that shirt from? And I directed them to your, uh, to your Twitter account and stuff. But, you know, again... I, I know some fans, they don't, they're like, oh, I can't stand Triple G, I don't like him, blah, blah, blah. Or some fans, you can't criticize Triple G. And like I said, I, I've never been a, like, well, I have been. Again, I, I'm, I'm contradicting myself because I have been. I've been, a, you know, a, a fan of a fighter fighter. But then you grow out of that. Then you start appreci appreciating the sport. The sport is 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 so many divisions and so many different fighters. Fighters come and go, divisions don't. Fighters and new fighters, you know, the new fighters will replace the old fighters. And you get that new era of people, and then you get a chance to just see fresh blood, you know. Where <clears throat> Triple G, is he old blood? Is he almost old blood? Yeah, you can agree, you know, but we don't know yet, you know. We, we don't know how good he is because he kind of put a hole in his own career. Think about that. The best fighter on his resume is Canelo Alvarez, and then he put a hole. He stopped. Durbanchenko, in my opinion, has actually been a, in a much more fast track. He fought ja Jacobs, Charlo, and Gennady Golovkin. That's a tough roster there for the guy. If he'd said, I'm, I'm done, I'm retired, you know, if I don't want to fight no more, then I would understand that because, you know what, he did lose those three fights and he did take quite a beating. I, I'm not quite sure if Gennady Golovkin is taking those type of beatings. I mean, yeah, you could say a bit when he fought Cal Brook, but I thought a lot of the, the punches he received from Cal Brook was because he saw I was in there with a actual 147 not a 160-pounder. The shots that he was taking from Canelo Alvarez, I mean, he deflected a lot of them. He paired them. Um, he was able to count a shot. I mean, that's the reason why a lot of folks said it's a lot closer than we thought. The argument is that he won both fights. Right? So, where is he at? And what is he going to do next? 
I tell you this, any one of these fights, of these, these six fighters right now on this roster here, this middleweight lineup, to me is the right direction. No more Steve Rose, Madarosian, none of that. Nobody wants to see that anymore. You know, even if you want to talk about it as a tune-up, I think folks are going to be like, we're done with the tune-ups, guy. You got to do something. Because a tune-up is what? You take that fight and then again, you're gone for another six to a year. That's a no good good. That's no good for nobody. No good for you. Especially with father time catching up. You know? So, again, the only reason I did this quick take is, one, is because I'm off of suspension, finally. So I can get back on here and bullshit with you guys. But really, honestly, too, was because after hearing Eddie Hearn and Demetrius Andre, uh, I was like, holy shit, you know what? I forgot about Gennady Golovkin. How fucking sad is that? How sad is that one of the best middleweights right there, and in, in right now in our time, not in our, not you know in our era, I'm not talking about all eras, okay? Because I don't think he's done enough to surpass Hagler. I don't even think he's done enough to surpass what Sergio Martinez did in the short time he was a middleweight. You know, you can talk about the most defenses, but let's be honest, none of that is like that's all. So de- it's not even debatable. You can just. Grab a piece that's like a fucking paper and you crumble it and you throw it in the trash. It doesn't, that doesn't, if you're a hardcore boxer, you know that doesn't hold weight. Especially the way he did it. Okay. And especially because the alphabets have really watered down these types of accomplishments. Like what, you know, Bernard Hopkins has done. Hagler, Monzon, you know, and the list goes on. You know, and, and surprisingly that this is what I like about what I could say that that's positive about Triple G is that he doesn't live this lavish lifestyle that I don't think he does. He doesn't party. His body's always been in great conditions, always been in fighting weight. But right now that he's been an MIA, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's been doing, you know. But what I do know is that you got six names here on this roster and he's got to fight at least two or three. Let's go here to the chat room real quick. Uh, Jesus says, Triple G, last three points have not been uh, um, attracted for other champs. You're right. Haven't been. And really, honestly, they've just been stay busy fights, which is, that's what I'm saying. Like the stay busy fights, we don't want it. We don't care. Whatever happened to Jose Benavides Jr. announcement is that until the next SPN top rank card, I'm not sure. You know what? I could reach out to them tomorrow and, and find out um, what's going on with that. You know, I was, you know, that day we had him, I was trying to get him to kind of open up about that. But, uh, you know, he didn't want to play ball with us that day. <laughs> is everyone knocking on Morgia's door? He seems beatable. You know what, Tony? He does, bro. He really does. And I, I find it weird that nobody really is. Talking about him, I mean, here's a guy that brings a whole country with him. And he's got that fighting style. He comes forward, you know, he's hittable. Uh, But again, maybe people have been knocking. And the people on the other side of the door haven't been answering, you know. But if I was Gennady Golovkin's team, that's one thing I would knock. I mean, they could say, hey, listen, we already tried once and the commission turned it down. But now he's in the middleweight division. There shouldn't be any excuse, you know? 
Now he's in that middleweight division, and really, honestly, out of the six names I just mentioned, you know, from uh, Dermanchenko, which they could say we already fought him once, we don't need to revisit that again, which I would be kind of like scratching my head going like, why not? It was First off, it was a good fight. Secondly, you struggled with him. Let's do it again, right? Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. is young, strong, big. He's a big middleweight, right? Uh, Charlo, big, strong, pissed off middleweight. Murata, well, let's hold off with him. But Andre, he's a mover. You know, he's not going to stay in the pocket with you. He's going to frustrate you. He's going to hold you. And he's got power that will keep you honest. Those four guys right there, I could understand them not for him not going after. But Morgia and Morata, those are winnable fights. Those are actually styles that will actually come to him. He's gonna, he's not gonna have to do too much searching, you know. You know, he could actually box, jab the way he did to David Lemieux, right? If he wants to get in rounds, you know, and that's if that's the route they want to take because. That, you know, they're talking about tune-up. If they do come back and go, well, we need a tune-up fight. We need somebody that's going to build this confidence. Well, you got two guys right there. They're going to give you rounds. They're going to take what you dish out. And they're predictable. There's not a whole lot of tricks in bags in Jaime Morgia and Murata. There's not a lot of tricks in their bags. They're come forward. They're... Throw punches and I'll take punches styles. And it, to me, that's what Gennady Golovkin should want to invite and should say, hey, let's take these guys right now. And if you don't get them, well, shit then. Then you go for the other guys. And to me, uh, Andre, who's very vocal and has a strong following of haters is the guy that you should go for. Because your fans and not your fans would be behind you all the way. You know? To see you beat Andre. I mean, I see so many people diss Andre. Demetrius. You know? So why not? Like I said, you know, I don't know what it is about the kid, but maybe it's this. Right? Let's go back here to the chat really quick. Let me see. Um, <clears throat> who says, uh, I think Anello will beat BJ and Plant this year and face Triple G in 2022. That's a strong possibility. But I think the, the air... In the balloon is kind of like got pushed out already, and in, in a lot of ways because one is Gennady Golovkin's MIA. What is he doing? Do a lot of fans really care to see him do it again? If there's bigger challenges out there like David Benavides, uh, you know the 175 division. Like I said, it's really not entirely up to. Canelo to carry this guy for the third time. You know, he shouldn't have to be giving out charities to other fighters. There has to be a stake. And whether you like the stakes that he's taking, Canelo Alvarez, 
shouldn't matter to you because he's actually chasing legacy. He's chasing, you know, to be part of Mexico's history. Where Triple G, Mexican style, is not being very Mexican. Not in the way of the style of fighting the who's and the why's so that you can continue to get the bigger fights or the fight that you want the most. The one that you're, that, you know, you, you're having sleepless nights about, right? Juan Marquez, look what he did. He took on some pretty tough challenges while he weighed around with Man, for Manny Pacquiao. And Manny was doing everything in his power not to hear this guy. Freddie Roach and him would get so frustrated hearing about Juan Marquez, you know, that, but they saw that the work that he was putting in, they saw that the opponents that he was taking and that fans were like, dude, he still has not took a step back. This guy is still determined to pop up wherever you're at, wherever you're at, the rankings and, you know, the, the same arenas and, and the same breadth of, of box, boxing talk with fans and networks. He's not going away. So how do you put that to sleep? Give it NyQuil. So if that's what Triple G is looking for, then he needs to fight those six names to put this to bed. To put the end of talks of this trilogy and that, he, you know, give him the third shot and I promise you I'll beat this guy. I'll get over this hump. Well, get over the hump of what's in your division. So, so you know, imagine this. Let's say he unifies this, the 160 division. And I got, I got a few more minutes here and stuff. Um, yeah, and he's 40 next April. Imagine if he unifies the 160 division, which was, that originally was his talks. Hashtag all the belts. Remember that. Hashtag all the belts. So if he did that, and I even said this about Charlo, if they or any of the champions in there, if, if they unified it and he wanted that sweepstake money of Canelo, that's the route you're supposed to do. Then you could, then you have good reason and good a good negotiation hand to put on the table by saying, look, I'm, a unif I'm the unified 160. What better big event and historical event is that the 160 unifier fights the 168 unifier? Fire. You know? And that's still a task for Canelo to do. He's got to accomplish that. Even though a lot of us feel that he may, he may I mean, that he's going to win the uh, uh, Billy Saunders fight and even Caleb Plant, well, we still got to see him happen. You know, because in boxing, nothing's for sure. It, it, it's never been panned out. I mean, look at Tito Trinidad when he was in the middleweight tournament. Everybody thought that he was going to go through Keith and Joppy and, and, and uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins. And then what happened? Hopkins had other ideas. Hopkins decided to go to the, to the playbook. All, the playbook of all playbooks, he decided to go. And he drummed it up. And what did he do? Dismantle Tito Trinidad. Right? So, again, there's no for sure in boxing. That's why we watch the fights. But if you want a for sure fight, whether you win or lose, remember that, whether you win or lose. I talked about this last week on the flyweight fight. You know, the kid Rodriguez, he lost. But he still won because fans want to see him again because he put up a good show. He showed that he's, he's got something. Triple G is going to be 40. He's got to show us he's got something. He's got to show us that he still wants to dare himself to be great. He can't put a hole at, you know, the Canelo fight and then call it a day. 
with the stain of Dermachenko almost stopping you and the ref saving you? You can't end your career like that. You can. You certainly can. It's your health. But you can't have your fans complain that, you know, nobody wanted to fight him. Nobody wanted this and nobody wanted that. And nobody, because the opportunities are right there on that roster right there I'm showing you guys. The opportunities are there to erase a lot of negatives, a lot of the criticism, you know, a lot of the arguments that some say he's great, great middleweight, one of the best middleweights, top three, where others say, no, he's not. He's only fought smaller guys. And every time he stepped up, he struggled. Every time he stepped up to the best fighters in the middleweight division, he struggled, which that's true with everybody though, you know, but there's still a lot of names in that division to clean it out and to prove your stake at the middleweight history. Anyways, that's my two cents, man. I want to thank everybody that joined me here on Leaving the Ring. Raiders, get by. So how are you doing, brother? Joe Lopez. Let's see what you got to say here, dude. GG's resume is poor. Absolutely. It is. It is poor. You know, and I love the excuses when folks are like, well, you know, he was avoided. He was avoided. Okay, that was the same past. Past tense is he was avoided. But what about today? Why do we, why, why do fight fans, casual fight fans, okay? And I, I normally call them casual fight fans. When you're so much in love with a fighter and you forget that there's other fighters in the division. Like when I hear Wilder fans go like, well, Tyson Fury, which... We, they, you know, HTP uh, and Censored had this kid on there. Well, he's not a kid, but, you know, this man on there going, what, you know, Fury should fight him. It's only logic. 30 million logic. Okay, but why does it have to stop there? So you're telling me that you're perfectly fine with your fighter sitting on the bench, twiddling his thumbs while the other guy is looking for fights and racking up other fights. Canelo's racking these other fights. By racking up these other fights, he's actually solidifying his legacy. He's actually making the claim of being the pound for king. And you're just going to let the, the bus drive on by? There was a logic to that. You know? I, I don't get that. Fighters are supposed to fight. You want to talk about money? Well, fight then. That's why it's called prize fighting. You know? Sometimes you fight for the biggest purse. Sometimes you got to take what's available to get to that big purse. You know? And this is proven. Gennady Golovkin right here wanted to be the household name. Actually, he got there. A lot of people know they're connected. Triple G, Canelo. Use that to your advantage. Get a good negotiating team. Canelo did. Look what he's doing. You know, we talk about our fighters that need to be smarter. Well, shit, there it is right there. Some of these fighters actually put the billboard up with you with all the instructions of how to do things. Well, others just kind of sit there and scratch their head and think like, eh, it should be handed to me. Give it to me. We're not on the same street. I got to cross. Oh, fuck, I had to cross that street. My soles of my shoe are getting worn out. I got holes in my sock. My knee hurts. I got a bum hip. 
I, I, me and my, me personally as a fight fan, I don't want to hear that shit. You know? No, Milk Car is, we're not going to do our, our show. Our regular program is tomorrow, brother. Hey, um, it's on Monday at 4 p.m. We got a good uh, show for you guys. Henry Ramirez will be joining us, who's used to train Chris the Nightmare. Um, and I think we have a prospect coming on. I can't remember the kid's name off the top of my head and stuff. But uh, yeah, he'll be, he, he hosts the show with me on our regular flagship show, Leaving the Ring. I'm just doing a quick take here. It's all by myself. Uh, lonesome. Tony Yayo, I just said it right now, Monday at 4 p.m., brother. Anyways, guys, I got to get out of here. Uh, I've got to get to bed. My old ass has to get up early in the morning para trabajar. You know, some of us got to work for a living. Not all of us were born rich with a silver spoon that could sit out, you know. Or not all of us has got, you know, Canelo money <laughs> or Crawford money or Errol Spence money or Wilder or Fury money. We could sit back and watch everybody, you know, uh, fend for me. I got to go out there and fend for myself. Anyways, I'm your boy, Dave Duenas. Uh, be sure to tune in Monday at 4 p.m. We're leaving the ring with myself and Mill Carr uh, will be joining me, my co-host, my right-hand man. And then Tuesday, you got uh, HCP. Okay, Who's, are you down with HCP? So join them. Um, I believe their show starts at 7 p.m. I always get the time mixed up with the HCP sensor, which is on Wednesday. I believe, that, I believe that's at 5 p.m. Uh, could be wrong here, man. I'm sorry, guys, and stuff. But And then you got uh, the shoe shine who counters me us uh, after us on uh, Mondays uh, with 408 Dave and Drubo. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. And then on Thursday, you got the next uh, Leaving the Ring. I was like, oh, my God. Leaving the Ring Roundtable. Uh, you know, there's always a rotation of a bunch of guys on that show that's hosted by D-Stuff. So be sure to check that out. And then on, uh, what is it? Uh, I believe it's Fridays. No, it's Thursdays, too. You got a milk car live. At five, leaving the ring with the milk car. He's got some great topics on there. And then don't forget, every Sunday I do download, download the Solarplex Zone segments, which is all five of the podcast shows that it's on the rotation. Put it in a compile, put up the best interviews, the best arguments, debates, top hot topics and news on the one show. Uh, check that out if you haven't. I'm pretty sure you'll love it. It's like, like a bar, uh, pud style uh, show. And uh, you got all the, you know, the betting and the news, et cetera, et cetera. Nado, get pasó? Bro, you need to be, go to bed, bro. You need you get up early in the morning para trabajar. You know, we don't want you to miss a nail, dude, and the walls fall down and somebody gets hurt. Chupa G had everyone fooled. Uh, he was always about those easy paydays. I don't know if the Canelo fights were easy, though, man. <laughs> but there you go, man. Again, guys, uh... <laughs> a milk car is in Canada. Bro. I don't think that guy's ever going to shake that off, man, especially from D-Style, you know. But, yeah, anyways, guys, uh, you guys have a great night. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you're going to leave a comment in the comment box after the show's done, hey, be respectable. You know, this is not, a, you know, I'm not taking a jab at you or your lady or anything like that. I'm not trying to take anything off your table or anything like that. This is all boxing talk, okay? You know, be mature to, you know, debate me correct and stuff um again catch us tomorrow catch hcp tuesday uh censor wednesday uh shoe shine on monday after us uh and then catch uh the leaving round table and then the milk car live at five which is on uh tuesdays and thursdays i believe okay uh, again and then solarplex is on sunday again guys have a great night and i hope everybody does fantastic